This podcast is sponsored by Burpwort's Bubbling Cauldron. If you need the very latest in ointments, potions, concoctions, filters, news, mixtures, elixirs, creams, lotions, balms, or salves, be sure to drop by and browse their wares. Whether you prefer your love potions to fizz, gurgle, froth, or even buzz, Burpwort is the best and cheapest alchemical brewer in town with only a 17% accidental poisoning rate. That's actually very good. Oh, terms and conditions apply. Potions are always guaranteed to work. No refunds. <clears throat> All the tabletop role-playing news. We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse. And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG. Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I, as always, am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ, and with me, as usual, is... Peter Coffee from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Russ, has ever, it's an, I'm sent into absolute paroxysms of delight to be here. And you um, brought a guest! I did bring a guest! Yes, um, yes, all... hello, good morning. Yeah, uh, this is Ashley Law, uh, who has done... Mm, approximately everything to do with 13th age i uh, i more or less have yeah yeah uh, uh, absolutely tons and tons of books so uh we'll be talking to them on the podcast later on today about the uh everything sudden mind what was this sentence i was trying to say <laughs> what are there these words Pe- words <laughs> Peter.exe has ceased to function. I know, I, all I, your... I, I know what happened. It's that like Jedi Rome. You're getting so used to it, you thought that you could telepathically continue the podcast. Yeah, doesn't, work, doesn't work uh, like that, Peter. Doesn't work like that. You're, you're saying we can't force a good podcast. We're professionals. Yes. So, what's caught your eye this week for us? Anything exciting? Oh, uh, yesterday, Peter, we were we were on another podcast, weren't we? Oh, is that what we were doing? Yeah. I was so hopped up on Lemster, we were, I was uh, we were, we, we, were cheating, we were cheating on our own podcast. Oh, it's, we were having a little dalliance. It, <laughs> we were on holiday. <laughs> uh, so yeah. we appeared on uh, Shane Stacks, who's one of our uh, longest-term listeners and one of our uh, supporters, who has, in fact, been on this podcast during the infamous 50th Episode 50, four-hour spectacular. We shall speak of that again. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, um, he invited I us on to... that strange man was, of yeah. course. Yeah, he invited us on to his uh, radio yes. show over in over in the US. Uh, yes. we, we spoke to in him about... Arkansas? Arkansas? Uh, hot rocks, no. Medium-sized rock. Hill rocks. Hill rocks, no. Big rocks. Uh, are you talking about Big Rock, Arkansas? Little Rock, Arkansas is Little, Little Rock, Rock, Arkansas, Arkansas is yeah. where he is. Oh, that could be twice, I did, I did yes. know that. I was just, I was just being silly. Uh, Little Rock, Arkansas is where Shane lives, and um, yeah, he invited us onto his podcast. We spoke to him uh, last night for about two hours. Uh, yes. I don't know how much of it will make it through to the actual show, and I think that will be coming out in a week or two. He said, "Marvelous, marvelous." Well, we should, we should look forward to it when it comes out. Yes, just and uh, that's see. on what? Uh, what's the name of his podcast? Uh, Shane plays. Shane plays. Shane plays. You can, see, you can get that on iTunes and all the usual places. And I think if you if you live over in Arkansas, you can get it on the radio and stuff as well. Marvellous. What's the time life? Yes. RPG over the radio. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? <laughs> uh, well, right. Things, things, things keep dropping through my door this week. 
Do you want to see some of the things that drop through my door? Um, as long as it's not flaming dog rubbish, then that's yes. Yeah, none of that has dropped through my door. <laughs> dog rubbish? Like, what, crisp packets? Crisp packets? Empty cigarette packets and things like that. <laughs> Those smoking poodles. Yeah. It's, the, it's those dogs from the poker from the poker painting. Look, I, I'm just saying that maybe you shouldn't have like slagged off their RPG on the podcast. Now that was not cool. Oh dear. Anyway, this is this is what's dropped in my door. So, item the first. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Item the first. I will hold it up so uh, you can see it. This is a book yes. called Dungeons and Desktops. Wow, is that okay. a book or is that a melee weapon? It's quite it's quite big. It's a uh, yeah. Uh, how many pages That's, is it? Oh. It's that's a that's a that's a that's a seven hundred and fifty million pages. Um, yeah, it's about six hundred pages. But this is by um, our friend Shane Stacks and his co-writer Matt Barton, and they sent me a copy oh, yeah, of this. And I, I literally got it about half an hour ago. It came, so I haven't even opened it yet. But this is going to be what I'm going to be reading for the next couple of weeks. Breaking news! Yeah, uh, it says it's called Dungeons and Desktops. Yes, the history of computer role-playing games, second edition. Ah, excellent, excellent, excellent. Not only is the title good, but the subtitle is very explanatory yes, as well. Yes. Um, as you know, I'm a big fan of explanatory titles. So the, um, other, other, so things, yeah. other things that I have to hand, I have the two yes, copies yes. of A Touch of Class oh. and A Touch More Class. Ooh. Exciting stuff. Shiny. Yeah. Very nice. I've got a red one and a green one. A red one. one and a green one, yeah. I have got yes. a copy of The Expanse role-playing game. Ooh, so I backed nice. the Kickstarter last year, and it finally arrived yes. this week. Uh, well, not everyone can move on in, in, in publishing timescales, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, I've glanced through it, and its uh, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, and I'm not familiar with the um, age game system. Um, mm-hmm. So I've gl- but I've glanced through it, and it is gorgeous. Looking. I mean, have a look at that. It's a, it's, a, it's a pretty book. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a nice full colour. Got some good layout there. Yeah. Um, do you know the age role-playing game system, Ash? Ashley? Um... I don't... I've had my head down with 13th Age for so long, but you yes. were just like, a touch of class. And I'm like, oh, that's one of the things that I call that I release on my Patreon. So maybe I'll oh. need to change the name for that. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's, a touch of class is a book we released about two years ago. Yeah, I've really had my head down <laughs> on on stuff. Um, it's, it's good because then I... Uh, I can't be accused of, oh, you copied this thing or you borrowed from this thing. Uh, but it's also bad because other people was like, have you heard of this thing? It's been out for ages. And I'm like, no, what do you mean? What, <laughs> what do you mean, Dungeons and Dragons? What? What is this? Uh, we're talking uh, of Dungeons and Dragons. Edition now. <laughs> yeah, we're talking of Dungeons and Dragons. That's the last thing that dropped through my door this week was Acquisitions oh. Incorporated. Which, that was like exciting. Again, it looks very shiny. Looks gorgeous inside. It's a different style of art to the sort of thing you're used it, to in a DM. Is it a whole arcade style? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, more, it's, it's a lot more cartoony. If you have a look, we want to see. Can you oh, see that? Higher. I'm sorry. There oh. You go. oh yes, that's better. Yes, I've scored your face. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh! That looks, oh, that looks interesting. I don't know what this. Oh, that's a monk. Oh, oh, oh. That's, I, I really uh, like the Penny Arcade thing they did for Fourth Edition, the Player's Guide. So if this is as oh. good as that. They should be very good indeed. Well, again, because it's only just arrived, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I've glanced through it. I mean, what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to do an episode each, one for Acquisitions Incorporated, which maybe we yes. can do next week, maybe, and then one for The Expanse, 
Ooh, yes, I think that looks like an excellent plan. So that's our, um, ne- that's our next few I, weeks covered. Yes, I shall, I shall have to go and reread all of the Expanse books because there's actually a new Expanse uh, book out. Um, I think it's been out for a couple of months now, but I actually haven't had a chance to read it yet because I know life. Mm. Cutting into my reading time. I'm still watching Sad the TV times. series that appears on Amazon, I think it's on. Oh, it's so good. So good. Ser- such a good series. I think I, we're, about, I love it. we're about a season behind here. So it's still only in the second season, I think, on Amazon. I think. I'm not Ooh. sure. Other than that, or I'm just yeah. woefully behind, but I think it's still on the second season. Uh, oh, I see. I think it's. We've had three seasons here in the US. I know they've got up to the bit. Where, oh, sorry, anybody no, don't tell me. Don't tell me. No, 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 no. I won't. I won't, I won't no spoil spoilers. It. No, no spoilers. No spoilers. So they, they've got up to the bit where they encounter the Jedi. And, oh, uh, excellent, excellent, excellent. <laughs> Peter's face. I, like, I don't remember that. I haven't got to that bit. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's been a couple of books, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, I see. <laughs> I see you're playing just with us. Yeah, yeah, very good. Where were we? Yes. Everyone, how about, right, and this is just like a great idea here, right? What we could do is we could talk about the RPG news. I think that's a silly idea. It is a terrible idea. What sort but, of but, silly but, podcast would do such a silly thing? Yeah, I mean, you'd have to call it something like Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news or RPG talk or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. no that would never fly. That's, no. that's, that, that's far too long a name. I'll tell you what, let's, be, let's be rebellious. Let's just do it anyway, shall we? Yeah! yeah let's talk about some RPG news. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. All right, then. Well, the, you know what the biggest RPG news in the last week was? Go on. Oh, what? Two big D&D releases. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. Is one of them Acquisitions Incorporated? One of them is indeed Acquisitions Incorporated. Came out last week. <laughs> yes. And the other one uh, is the D&D Essentials Kit, which comes out in America only until October. Uh, which I find yes, slightly yes. chafing, but hey, what are you going to do? I'm looking uh, forward to that slightly before you then. Quite a long yes. way before me, because October's like... 10 million months away isn't it yeah it's like an eternity in role yeah. playing time yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um like if you have a target nearby you ashley then that is the place to look for it target is very nearby me so is that out right now yes uh, okay. no i think it, i think it's like a couple oh. of days but um but reviewers have been getting copies and stuff like that early if it's, right. if it's Target, then it's probably already on the shelf. So Maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. People have been getting hold of it. I, che- I, che- I, che- I checked where the closest Target to me was. Apparently it's approximately 3,000 miles away. <laughs> <laughs> on the other side of an ocean, so... <laughs> I won't, I won't cry, be picking that really. Oh, well. No, no, fair enough. But oh, it looks quite interesting. Um, I particularly... Was it, was, it, was it Beth? Beth did a nice uh, review of it? That is correct, yep. Yep, Beth did a nice review. A nice review on Ian World, uh, describing right, that essential skit does actually look really interesting. Yeah, no, it looks pretty solid. Uh, got a one to six adventure, which we did previously know about, which is good. But one of the things I'm liking is that they're moving away from doing pre-gen characters to changing the emphasis to you create your own characters. Yes, yeah, yeah, because the original starter kit only had pre-gens, didn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Whereas this one uh, does not think- have pre-gens, but it has. Some very sort of, I, I get the impression it's quite simplified character generation rules because there's only only four races in there, and five classes, and five so classes. Like yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're, 
Yipik for I think was it Ranger as well. But yeah, no, it's uh, uh, the, race, the races are dwarf, elf, halfling, and human, and the five classes are bard, cleric, fighter, rogue, and wizard. Mm-hmm. Okay, bard's yeah. in there. Bard's in there. Bard's in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like the core yeah. four plus plus bard, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, to be fair, bard is an excellent second second person on the job for pretty much everything, really. Mm. And they just make everything better. Yeah, it's it's funny you say core four because I don't think I've played in a game with the core four for a long time. Because you're no, like, I don't oh, think yeah, so either. No, build a party, and everybody's like, okay, I'll be a chaos mage, and I'm going to be a druid. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'm going <laughs> to yes, I'm going to be a I'm going to be a tiefling chronomancer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, barbarians are very popular, I've seen, but you know what? I prefer fighters. Um, I'm just basic that way, I guess. Uh, and I haven't seen clerics. I sometimes see clerics occasionally, but I think people have always traditionally seen them as heal bots. Hmm. But you know what? With with fifth edition and the way the healing works, you're often better off not doing much beyond the healing word in the combat. And then you can concentrate on the important key skills of a cleric, which are spiritual weapon and spiritual guardians, which basically rain death, destruction, and doom upon yeah everybody. I think it's, that's a bit. Uh, I think that's a bit harsh. Death, destruction, and doom. I, I wow, have the three Ds. I mean, three Ds. Yeah. I mean, have you seen how much damage spiritual guardians does? It's not. It's not. It's not small. <laughs> <laughs> and spiritual. Oh, and spiritual weapon isn't a concentration spell. It's just a magic weapon that flow that floats around, attacking things using the cleric's wisdom score. Has part of the cleric's. Still, so, don't you feel it's that like, death, destruction, okay. and doom is a bit overkill? I don't think any one of those would have done. Um, I would have, but like you did. Okay, look, you, you 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 go you go away. You do the bath. I'd look at it and say, and then you come back and disagree. Yeah, <laughs> all right, yeah. I'll do that. Then. All right, then. fantastic. Yeah. I'm just looking at the other stuff that's in that essentials kit. So yes. there's a new new DM screen. Yes. Uh, there's a whole bunch of cards. There's initiative cards. There's some yes, combat that's actually a good idea. step by step cards. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not sure what those are exactly, and I can't see clearly on the picture. Uh, <laughs> and the closest copy of this essential skit to me is 3,000 miles away. So, uh, And condition <laughs> cards as well are in there. Oh, nice. That's Do really... Like so what's, uh, what, what, what are they using for initiative cards? Is it just like first, second, third, fourth initiative? Or is it... It's, it's literally that? I guess. Probably uh, 1 to 8, 1 to 10, something like that. That's, I that's brilliant. I've been, I've been making my own for like the last 10 years. Mm. And... and handing them out round tables so now that yeah no it's it's great at conventions i would get index cards and i would write people's character names on them and then they'd get to write their own initiative where they were in mm-hmm. the initiative order and uh yeah no people yeah i think that's a genius idea mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. so I what, think, what i do is i make everyone sit around the table in initiative order every time they roll and then oh. every time they roll initiative again it's like musical <laughs> chairs and they have to get up and change places you're, you're like the Mad Hatter. <laughs> change places. Everybody change places. Yeah, like exactly. No, it's, I it's am a, completely it's lying. Of course I don't do that. But I, well, I, I want to start doing that now. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds like fun. 20 minutes of light exercise per week. <laughs> yes. <That's crazy>. uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, one of the things I saw... Uh, oh, also, it's got the duet play, which might be of interest mm. to you, Ashley. Um, uh-huh. It includes sidekicks. Um, which are basically sort of like a NPC that's like supposed minions, to be player controlled. Uh-huh. It's, it's like an yeah, NPC yeah. that yeah. uses yeah. a monster stat block, as I understand it, isn't it? 
So it's a lot yeah, more simple yeah, yeah. than a than a, a full character. I mean, you use that as a as a secondary character to help you out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I've seen one of the suggestions is that a less experienced player could play a sidekick to a more experienced player. I'm, I'm not sure. I'd have to have a look at a bit more depth at how it works. But yeah, that that is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and th- things I saw elsewhere are that they are definitely moving away from factions, which were absolutely integral to the initial releases that they brought out. Uh-huh. That there's there's no mention of Harpers, Entrim, Lords Alliance, any of that. They've all been completely taken out, and uh, they but, don't but, mention but this is, League this is still set in the realms, isn't it? In fact, it's set in Vandalver, yeah. isn't it? As a sequel, so you, you can play it. Not as, I don't know if it's a sequel. As such, but you can mm. play it with the original starter set, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, could, you could probably do around that. The original starter set, I think, went up to level four, level five, mm. whereas this one's hitting level six. So, yeah, yeah. it sounds uh-huh. sounds intriguing. Apparently, it's also a bit easier to run for the newer DM. So, mm. yeah. Oh, and it's got more dice in as well, I see. Mm. Yeah, like extra D6 and, of course, 2D20, which, considering the game, uh-huh. has advantage and disadvantage is pretty much essential so yeah, yeah uh, I think it looks like quite a quite a nice offering hmm. well, also we've got acquisitions incorporated of course which yes. I which I brandished before you earlier in the podcast <laughs> <laughs> so what are your yeah. kind of thoughts on this because I mean we, we'll do a whole podcast on it but just really super briefly yeah. so obviously acquisitions incorporated is a totally different tone of game to anything hmm ordinarily set in Forgotten Realms. It's basically a comedy slash satire slash satire's harsh. It's, it's not as... Do you know what I mean? It's a, <laughs> yeah. it's a very, very different tone. What do, what, do you, what do you think of them doing that? Yeah. Um, have, have, you, have you come across that, Ashley? Um, you mean, have I, am I aware of Acquisitions Incorporated? Or Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I've caught a couple of issues. I must admit, I'm in the rare part of the population who... Mm-hmm. doesn't uh doesn't hugely enjoy watching other people play um mm-hmm. i think i think i think what for me watching other people play is a lot like sex it looks very silly from the outside <laughs> it's great when it's it's great when you're involved but from the outside you're like um that, that looks a little bit um Strange, silly, yeah. um, but um i mean you've got to kind of buy into it, i guess uh-huh if yeah, you're gonna uh-huh. sit there and watch. Yeah, um, I, it's definitely something that one would wish to be more actively involved in. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. From my, my particular <laughs> point of view. <laughs> you mean... Uh, uh, I, 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 um, I've never regarded RPGs as spectator support. Yeah, but it does yes, help when yes. you've got like professional voice actors and comedians and stuff doing it, because uh-huh. they can yeah. bring a sort yeah. of entertainment element to it, which, which is slightly harder to do at home, I think. Yeah, having, so. having said that, I did really enjoy Harmon Quest. I thought yeah. that was very well done. Um so, so yeah, I'm I'm keen to see what Acquisitions Incorporated do for their book, uh, because the tone of their game is very similar to the tone of games that I enjoy. Because mm. um, uh, the games, I mean, the games I tend to run, I always set out being, you know, this is going to be a serious game with like harrowing consequences for actions and. Before you know it, one player's been transmogrified into a chicken and is going around <laughs> starting starting their own religion and somebody else has their trousers. Yeah, yeah. We haven't even talked about the characters yet. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it, um, it, it, 
the, the initial vision is Lord of the Rings. The execution tends to be more Monty Python. Monty Python. Yeah, Monty Python. Monty Python. yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. Holy Grail. Very good. Uh, yeah, uh, acquisitions incorporated. I don't know huge amounts about it because I haven't also I also haven't been following the podcast, but I have seen some of the spells that they have been releasing. And uh, one I particularly liked was Gift of the Gab, which is where you can use a spell has a reaction to make someone forget the last six seconds of what you were talking about. Useful for when you're having a conversation with someone and you let slip something that you realise that you really shouldn't have done. Sorry, was that, was that you said, Peter? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it works, damn it. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, well, should we, should, we do, should, we, should we do that next week in depth then? Should we do Acquisitions Incorporated next week and have a yes. proper, proper dive into it? Because I'd, I'd, I'd like to read out. it before I talk any more about it. Yeah, good, good shout. All right. Okay. Then. Some more news. Slay yes. Industries, second edition. Oh, so I, I love Slay. I love the original. Mm. Uh, I haven't seen the second edition yet. What's it like? Uh, Does I don't know. know? Does, it doesn't exist yet. But um, it's, <laughs> been, it's, it's been announced. <laughs> and it will be coming to Kickstarter <laughs> in, in, in September. Yes. And uh, there's a cover. Yes. Uh, and apparently it has a brand new rules, rules system, but that's basically all I know at this stage. Yeah. I'm, I'm well, sure... I'm fair, sure it does sort of need new rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never played the original, to be fair. I'm, I'm, I'm basically aware of what it is, but I've never actually played it. But I know a lot of people who are really, really keen on it, so uh-huh. I think this is going to be quite a thing. Yep, yep. I've only ever come across it at conventions, but I have really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, very, very... I, I, there's been a Savage Worlds conversion as well. For those who are unfamiliar with Nightfall Games' Slate Industries, it is essentially a product of the uh, socio-cultural trends of 1980s Scotland, specifically Glasgow, uh-huh. uh, has many things which really lean into the whole... Um, <laughs> if you've seen The Running Man, then you are pretty much there already. You've got like um, operatives because the whole world has been become a corporate dystopia in space and pe- like all, all, all your operatives go around wearing body armor that's sponsored by various corporations occasionally followed by third eye news in order to better publicize them so it's a wacky mix of uh, dystopia um, capitalism gone completely murderously rampant and a uh, paranoid command and control politics it's um yeah yeah it, it's, it's quite it's fun great. I, I love it. It's it's like a mix of the darkest bits of Warhammer forty K with their with their like urban settings mixed with the funniest bits of, of paranoia. Yes. So it's it's this really weird like we're gonna talk about horrific serial killers and we're gonna talk about the cannibal sectors. Mm. But also you're gonna like pose for the camera with some severed heads and you're gonna And it's it's <laughs> um it's a it's a brilliant conceit and I liked the meta story around it as well that they mm-hmm. uh, that they came up with, and yeah, for the people who are aware of eighties Scottish stuff, um, yeah, there's like a load of you're like, oh, I know what that's referring to. That's like a nodding in joke. That's a nod and a wink there to nineteen eighties yeah. Scotland. Hmm. Yeah, uh, bit, bit, always been a big fan of the Throffer class, which are basically yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how to describe it in any sort of like sensible fashion. 
they 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 like brood. They wear kilts and they have they're they're big on claymores. Um, I was just, just looking. At, for, for I was just looking yeah. at the history of the game and the companies that have been yeah. involved in it. So it was Ooh. originally published by Nightfall Games. It was yeah, purchased by Wizards of the Coast. Uh-huh. Then it went back to Nightfall Games. Then mm-hmm. Cubicle oh. Seven had it for a few years, and now it's back oh. again with Nightfall Games. <laughs> that case be bouncing around all over the industry. The copy I've got, I think, is Hogshead Games. Yeah, I think Hogshead yeah, distributed Hogshead it, wasn't it? For for mm-hmm. for Nightfall. Is that how that worked? I think so. I'm I not sure so. what the relationship was exactly. I'm not sure. Something yeah. like that. Something like that. But yeah, so um it'll be excellent to introduce it to a new generation of gamers. Um, although they may be like, Well, this, this seems pretty much normal to us now. It's like less dystopian, more regular everyday stuff. Mm. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. There's some more news. Oh yes, yes. What's your favourite Star Trek villain? Uh, Khan. Khan. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of had to be, really, didn't it? So Uh, uh, we're we're talking the original series, Star Trek Two, as opposed to (coughs) um, Benedict. Yes. 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 The original. The original. The original card. So, Modifius are releasing two new miniature sets for their Star Trek Adventures RPG. The first one is a uh, original series landing party. It's just just some sort of generic characters, like a couple of Andorians and a Vulcan and you know stuff like that. Uh, But uh, the the best bit is the iconic villain set, and this includes. And yes. <laughs> the Borg Queen. Uh, okay, Q, yes, nice. Locutus of okay. Borg. Okay. Gold Ducat mm-hmm. for those uh, DS9 fans. DS9. Which, which, uh, which I know yeah. you're one. Uh, Law. That's right. General Chang. He was the guy in Star Trek Six, was he? I think, with the eye patch. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was. Yeah, uh, Christopher Christopher Walker. Yeah. Christopher Plummer. No, not Christopher, Christopher Plummer. Yeah. No, not Christopher Plummer. Um, was it not? Oh, you- Christopher oh, Lloyd? the guy who played Doc Brown. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd. In oh, Star Trek Lloyd, 3. Was that General Kang? I, uh, yeah. I, I have to look yeah. this up now. I'm not sure which one General Chang is. I should <laughs> I should, I should, know this, because I have a big... Does the mini look like... Does the look like Christopher Lloyd? Uh, no, no, it's the Christopher Plummer. It's the uh, one with the eye patch, yeah, from a Star Trek oh, okay. 6. Okay, okay. And Chancellor Gorgon's Chief of Staff. Apparently, a lot of Christophers have played a lot of Klingon. <laughs> yes, yeah. There are a lot of Christophers in Hollywood for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, you also get the Gorn Captain in this set as well, just to complete uh-huh. the Star Trek. The Gorn Captain. You know the one that Captain Kirk has a fist fight with on a planet? The Gorn, the Gorn. You know, oh, he, then he invents gunpowder. Yeah, and then he shoots yeah. like a diamond at him out yeah. of the log. Um, yeah. Bagorn is defeated because Kirk doesn't obey the laws of physics or engineering or anything. <laughs> <laughs> he rejects your laws. I'm very sure Kirk does one of his custom run up to him, roll along the floor a bit, jump up, whack him with a double hand on the back of the neck. <laughs> the Kirk smash is a classic for a reason. <laughs> I mean, if one fist hurts, then two fists together has got to have a sort of like, yeah, exponential effect. Yeah, it's to- uh, to- totally, totally logical to me. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so if we stay on the old uh, Medifius, because you know, once you start talking Medifius, you never stop, do you? Because they do so much yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, li- We're on the Medifius train now. I'm assuming I'm pronouncing this correctly. Liminal. L i m i n a l. Oh, 
I think I've heard of this one. This is where you have um, sort of children exploring rural Britain with a sort of X-Files vibe. Yeah. Is yeah. that the one? I don't, yeah. know if it's, I don't know if it's children specifically. Okay, yeah. Uh, but it's, it, it calls itself the boundary between the modern-day United Kingdom and the hidden yep. world. Fake courts and werewolf gangs and haunted places and stuff like that. Also, nice. they've, all, they've already sold out as well. So if you listen to this podcast, you can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> They're just taunting us with it. This oh, is a I, book I you could I, have had. I, I know a guy who might be able to hook me up. Yeah, <laughs> there, is, there is a free quick start you can download. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. But it does, it does look pretty yep. cool. I like the look of that one. I might, I might try mm. and pick that up if they reprint it, which I'm sure they will. Absolutely. Yeah. What else do we have in the news? Oh, we got some D and D miniatures. Okay. This is all the Avernus stuff. Oh, okay. Tell me more. So you can get a miniature uh, but- of Zariel. Yes. Oh, the uh, actual angel. Yeah. Come demon lord. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then various oh, characters oh, oh. such as Mad Maggie. I don't know who these people are, but Mad Maggie. Silvera Savikas, and I'm really always really good at pronouncing fantasy names. Uh, Mahadi, yep. who is a Rakshasa, Thavius Krieg, Little Lulu, Slobberchop, Lucille. Uh, <laughs> um, are, are you sure you're pronouncing names of like D and D miniatures <laughs> and not just like the cast list of some show? <laughs> yes, so the cast list of The Walking Dead or something. I think. Yeah. But uh, also, yeah. one of the miniatures is you know um, uh, what is uh, Joe Manganiello? Manganiello. <laughs> <laughs> is that another miniature or is that no, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a human being <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, they do they, they were on what's it, some show like uh, uh, the vampire one I can't remember True Blood that's True Blood yeah. and, True Blood, and he was in and they do Magic Mike Saving Throws Saving Throws clothing or something just Saving Throws clothing and he's in a whole load of he's, he's been on a whole Same. load of um, live streams and stuff like that Yes, he's an actor, yes. basically. He's a Hollywood actor who's really, really yes. super into D&D. Anyway, his yes. character in his home campaign is called Ark yes. and the Cruel, and they've been a miniature of yes. him, too. Oh, cool. So he's got an official cool. miniature made of his own home character. Oh, how jolly. Which I thought was rather nice. Yeah, very yeah. Yes. Okay. It's so good, do we have it's any good to be a Hollywood actor, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> right, more news. You want more news? Yes, more. Are you sure? More. Are you sure you want more news? Do you, have you run out of news? No, it's some more news, yeah. Oh, I've got news. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. Yeah, so. Okay. So, uh, do you remember Pony Finder? I, I remember it existing. I haven't actually read it or anything. Would I be correct in guessing from the name that it was the conversion of Pathfinder to include My Little Pony? Yeah. Uh, no, legally no. not My Little Pony. Right. <laughs> uh, it's no, a... Right different world with different talking ponies some of which are unicorns some of which have wings some of which are you know small dragons but legally is not a certain other intellectual property a completely <clears throat> distinct in uh-huh. all legally important world ways Absolutely. but if one were to describe it as pathfinder if, meets my little pony you would not would be entirely off the mark you wouldn't be entirely off the mark no um <laughs> so, <laughs> so um uh, i I got uh, a copy of that book for my uh, of uh, for myself, and I looked at that, and I went, "Ha, mm. ha, okay." I would like to produce a thirteenth age version of that, so mm. that 
I'm currently working on wow. a thirteenth age version of Pony Finder, and you are the first people outside of a small circle to actually learn of this. So this is an exclusive for the podcast. Is this yes, our first um, ever exclusive? That's amazing. It's your first ever exclusive. <laughs> it, I, I think we, I think we, I, it's, I think it's probably the most significant exclusive that I've ever had because it means <laughs> that I am going to end up running a game of My Little Pony. No, friend. Not who, my who little just, pony. Oh, just, the copyright police will be at your door. Uh huh. It's not my well, little pony. Well, 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 they they wanted me to run Tales of Equestria, which is, I think, a much closer licensed game. Uh, that's, of it. that's the official Hasbro one, which came out like five years, ten years after Pony Finder. And yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I, and, that, and that's great. I don't want to learn the new RPG system to run on one-off game call me Uh old-fashioned but um so if there were to be a 13th age system which i'm actually familiar with then Uh i'm I'm pretty sure through the power of blagomancy i'll be able to get someone to give role-playing games a try because they've been like oh no i'll only play the my little pony role-playing game with tales of equestria but yeah it's close enough yeah yeah you just tell them that's you can just tell them that's what they're playing just put a fake stick of fake cover on the front they won't be they won't know Bit, bit of gaffer tape and some sharpie job done is this coming to kickstarter then actually or is it a, a standard uh, release no no um it's something i'm writing and it's just going to go up on drive through rpg or Ooh. something like that and is through nice. the pony finder people and no it's uh it as far as i know is not going to be kickstarted uh but i'm really looking forward to getting this finished so i can then work on my next project which is a secret project that i can't talk about <sighs> but it's very exciting we've heard about many 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 secret projects that people can't talk about on this podcast this always makes for uh-huh. the best podcast material we think <laughs> oh absolutely it's news like a a there's some news that we can't tell you it's a secret guys, project it's gonna, so with awesome. it's gonna be great it's gonna be amazing I can't tell you about it, but it's, uh, just, it's going to be so cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. also uh, Shards of the Broken Sky, which I wrote back Ooh. in 2013 mm. and has been yes. in production for forever, is yes. now actually at the printers and is printing oh. and is... Yeah, I know. I know. I'm... That's, I'm what, that's the one with, with a town that crashes to earth. Is that... Uh, is, yeah, am I remembering like, uh, correctly? Yeah, you start, you start in a small village yeah. and you're just having like small village adventures and then literally a city crashes out of the sky yeah. on top of you and everything gets like very apocalyptic very quickly and so you have all these all these dungeon environments just dropping on you like here's a tower full of dead wizards who died mm. in the crash and nice. now that's like literally fallen on your path and you're like i don't know taking refugees to safety or seeking safety for yourself and now you have to deal with a dungeon environment there's magical rain falling from the sky it's kind of uh yeah this is is some classic 13th age stuff we're talking Mm. we're just like let's let's take the volume and turn it up to 13 we tried 11 but that wasn't loud (laughs) enough I always do think whenever I hear about 13th Age stuff, because they've got that giant living dungeon as well and things like that, it, it always seems uh-huh. to, it's, it's, it always does, like you just said, take it up to 13. Like the, it, the, yeah. the sort of fun, sort of slight wackiness of D&D just slightly yeah. enhanced and slipped over to the side slightly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, That's exactly uh, how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, I always like to say it. Well, they, they took Forfed and they removed the grid. And instead of uh, nerfing wizards, they buffed fighters to make them as awesome. And then they turned it into a Wusha Picaresque. And then hilarity ensued. Yes, it, it really works. Um, oh, I've got a book of classes coming out through Pelgrane. Uh, I don't know when oh. that's happening. Uh, because for my um, for my Patreon, I write like one, maybe two new 13th age classes each month. Mm. Along with Ooh. all the other things I do. Uh, then, yeah, uh, Rob was like, yeah, we should do a book of classes. Let me just take all these classes and put them into a book. Ooh, so that's, that's going to be really interesting. I'm working on something called The Grim Grimoire. Uh, do you remember um, uh, Deep Magic? Yes. Uh, Which was like, Do I remember Deep Magic? Uh-huh. I, I, I have done quite... That, I have a very well-thumbed copy of Deep Magic. <laughs> the Deep Magic, right, got me to play a wizard. Mm-hmm. Which you're like, okay, so everyone plays wizards. No, I don't play wizards. I don't find them very interesting. 13th Age, I was looking at it saying, oh, I could play a wizard. Utility spells are very yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. And then Deep Magic came out. I was like, oh, Ben, can I, can, can I play a wizard? And he's like, yeah, sure, that seems fine. Little realising the horror that I was going to inflict on his game. <laughs> I mean, it's called Deep Magic, but it might as well be called the wizard, the big wizard book of shenanigans. <laughs> Is that like 500 well, spells or something in that thing? 555 that... spells, yeah. yeah. yeah there, so... there's, there's a lot of spells. I, I, I think I'll work my way through abusing most of them. Um, <laughs> not, was, not, always, not always one? fairly, i got to say. There was one fight we were in where it was like we got to a certain point. I was like, oh, no, I, I don't like how this fight is turning out for us. What I'm going to do is use my once per level <laughs> high level spell and just rewind rewind time for about a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So before we were having this fight, and say, Oh, I was going to tell this guy this thing, but I'm not going to turn this thing unless we avoid the fight altogether. Yeah. Cool. Which, I, I've... which is naughty, but not not strictly how you're supposed to use the spell, but and you've got one of those groups that takes ages and ages to do combat and you're really really bored after about two and a half hours of doing this <laughs> proper <laughs> grueling combat that goes on and on and on and finally you've almost whittled it the enemy's down the combat's almost over and you're thinking oh thank god I can go home now and then someone casts that spell and rewinds it all back a minute and you have to do it all again that, that would be terrible. Fortunately, <laughs> if you're bored in combat in 13th Age, something has gone terribly wrong. There is uh-huh. literally no roller to die that is wasted. Excellent. You can't, even if you miss, you still do miss damage. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk about 13th Age in a tick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, really quickly then. So, uh, Osprey Games yes. uh, are releasing a, a new series of role-playing games this November uh, yes. uh, called uh, the Osprey Role-Playing Series. Uh, and they'll okay. be starting with uh, Romance of the Perilous Land and Paleo Mythic. Wait, wait, Osprey, who does like the, the Osprey books? Yes. Like, here's everything you need to know about yeah. Roman gladiator. Okay, that's awesome. Ah, yes. I like yeah, they, that. They, quite, so, quite, quite, quite historical sort of fantasy gaming. I think. Well, so we've got Romance of the Perilous Land is a role playing game of British folklore. So it's Mythic okay. Britain, okay. drawing from King Arthur and other folklore from the island nation. Ooh. And then oh, pa- Paleo Mythic. I bet you can probably guess what that is just on the name. <laughs> <laughs> it's where you have it's to go like on some sort of paleo diet. Or... <laughs> yes, yes, that's what it is. It's a diet. <laughs> <book>. <laughs> uh, 
like, is that like the warrior diet where it's all meat all the time? <laughs> no, it does look quite cool. You play Stone Age humans, uh, and you got to survive yes. as hunters, healers, warriors, and soothsayers, and contend with hostile tribes and other worldly spirits and prehistoric beasts with only Stone Age yeah. technology. And if you're a big Robert E. Howard fan, you can throw in some Cthulhu mythos in there as well. Yeah, why not? That seems legit. Yeah. Oh, always fun. <laughs> and, and the final bit of news. The final yes, bit of news yes. is yes. there was a Kickstarter that launched last week. Is there? There was. Oh, is it? Is it a significant Kickstarter of some sort? Well, it's certainly significant to me. Oh, oh, it's, not, it's, not, it's not another 5th edition D&D Kickstarter, is it? Sorry. Like, we, we get far too many of those. Sorry. But uh, last week when we recorded, it was just about to launch. Yeah, sure. And then by the time the listeners heard got the, got the podcast, it had launched, but we didn't know how well it had done at the time because yeah. we didn't and have I, the power I, of time travel. And I guess it had done, it would probably do about £1,501 or something like that in the first 24 hours, which was a 150% of the funding. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, so what actually happened was it funded in four minutes, yes. which I thought was pretty awesome. And by the end of the first right. 24 hours, I think it was at 19,000, was it? Something like that? Six, 16, 19. Something, like in those quite quite so, something in that in that region. And yeah. it's currently sitting at about £33,000, which is about $40,000. Ah, oh, that's, that's I don't know, the pound and the dollar keep changing. I know, it does confuse <laughs> me, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's only a weekend. It's doing really, 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 really well. Yeah. I think you released some... But my, my email informs me that you have released some PDFs for it already. Yes, the, some of the, the stretch releasing goals. rewards. Yeah, some, some, the yeah, some of the stretch goals I've already released to backers. So when we hit yeah. twenty thousand, and then when we hit thirty thousand, each of those times yes. I released five of the PDF stretch goals. So I've released oh. ten of them so far of the twenty-eight, twenty-nine total stretch goals. Yeah. So yeah. ten of them oh, you okay. get already, and the Kickstarter hasn't even ended yet. Yep, so the more money people throw at you, then that will release more PDFs into the wild. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think I actually said what it was, actually. So that for listeners who are listening to this the first time, uh, yes. that is a Touch More class, which is a sequel to our previous Kickstarter two years ago, a Touch Of class, and it contains nine new classes for your fifth edition games. And we talked all about it on last week's podcast. So if you're interested in that, rewind a week and, uh, and listen to that one. So you can get hold of 16 additional classes, which is two more than you will find in the player's handbook. Mm. So, yeah, huh. good times. Okay. Um, I think everyone gets the PDF, which is an additional 60 additional subclasses for the existing classes. Exactly. And that's available to everyone who... That's available to just everyone, you said. Anyone who backs Kickstarter gets those for free. Got so. Sounds okay. impressive. Hmm. Yeah. Right, yeah. that's it. That's it for the news, yeah. I think. I think we are done with the news. Oh, so, there's no more news. Okay, so well, now, everyone can pack up and go home. Now we can play our favourite game in all the world, if you like. Yes, yes, please. Oh, marvellous, I'll get my pack of cards out. Oh, <laughs> um, I'll, 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 I'll tap an island for Blue Manor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, our favourite game in the world, the game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you have to guess what it is from just the name. I'm getting quite good oh, at okay. saying that. <laughs> I've said it so many times now. It just comes out, trips off the tongue. See, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a like snappy that. title. You say it's not, but I think it's a very snappy title. Insert sounds of tumbleweed here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a church uh, bell ringing lonely in the distance. Okay, then. Right, then. Are we ready? 
Um, yeah, so to each, so uh, Peter goes first, then Ashley, you can just see how it works, and then you can go, you can go afterwards. Uh, so Peter, first one for you is, what yes. is, what is, yeah. quietus, Q-U-I-E-T-U-S. Well, it's the name of a particular set of disciplines in Vampire the Masquerade, as used by the Asamites. I can tell you that right off the bat. Um, what it might then be in more general terms, I'm not quite sure. So let's have a go. Um, quietus. Mm, I think it is a role-playing game supplement for 5th edition rogues, uh, specifically delving into assassins. No, that's complete rubbish. I don't like that at all. That's boring. Forget about that. Okay, quietus can be... Hmm... It you love these one-word ones, don't you? They're the best. But what the, the one where I get like a single word? I'm yeah. supposed to like guess something about it. Yeah, yeah. And, and normally, of course, they have the subtitle, which actually yeah. But that's the thing: it is quiet as colon, and then the thing that tells you what it is. But I can't read that now because that ruins the game. Yeah. So I'm basically playing guess the colon. Guess <laughs> well, guess the pre. Yeah. Or, or guess what happens after the colon? Yes. Guess guess the post colon. <laughs> Yeah, guess the post colon. You get you okay, get well, the pre colon. Guess the post colon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there we go. Right, so pre colon to post colon. Let's go. Um, quietus. Mm, I'm still favouring assassinations. What I would like this game to be about, though, is I would like this game to be uh, similar to the idea in the movie uh, A Quiet Place, where the world has had some sort of horrendous um, thing happen to it and there are sound-seeking monsters that are roaming all over the shop uh, eating things but that's again not much of a game um, I, I think I know what this is I think I know what this is this is well, like well, that, well, this is a game that's somehow set in a library uh, and the librarians then try and assassinate you oh, yeah. That's a, uh, <laughs> yeah like you know, you, you, you got to go and assassins. do you, you basically got to be a bunch of adventurers in a like. In fact, what it is is it's a supplement for Call of Cthulhu, where <laughs> you are adventurers going to a library and you're actually trying to do the research. But because you're adventurers and this inherently noisy, the librarians are all out trying to assassinate you. So, what it is is it's a source book for Call of Cthulhu, and it has fifty different encounters um, of murder in the library. Yes, that's exactly. I'm what gonna it go is. With that. That's what it is. Woo! It's not really. really? No, what? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Not even close. Just in case it was this thing, I would buy that book. Uh-huh. different murders in the library. <laughs> totally solved. <laughs> well, what this is, uh, is a one-shot, no-prep yes. RPG of yes. melancholy horror inspired yes. by tragic horror films like Oculus... The Strangers, and Don't Look Now. Okay. okay. I'm sadly unfamiliar with any of those, but... Um, does anyone movies? know anything about them? Yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're like... You think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they've got, like, uh, like jump scares and stuff, and I think okay. one of them has a magic mirror, uh, but I may be thinking of, of Snow White. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, maybe. Well... It says the mechanics are inspired by Forged in the Dark, which is the system behind Blades in the Dark. 
but streamlined right. and repurposed for one-shot play in the horror genre. Well, okay. A lot of mechanics for Blades in the Dark are clocks in the front, so... Mm. Yeah, sure, why not? Okay. Okay. Well, that, 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 that sounds like that'd be good, and if you're a horror fan and know what any of those films are, then this may be an excellent game for you. Okay. Ready for the next okay. one? Uh-huh. Yes, let's do it. Okay, this one's for Ashley. Oh, this is Ashley's guy. This is yeah. Ashley's turn? Yeah. Okay. You ready? Uh-huh. What is Remarkable Shops and Their Wares? Remarkable Shops and Their Wares? He's just looking at me now. He's like, that's not fair. Um, <laughs> I'm, so I'm I think <laughs> uh, so, so, obviously, I'm not going to go with the obvious, which is it's a collection of Remarkable Shops and Their Wares. <laughs> I think... I think this is a story maybe game. Maybe you should. <laughs> I think maybe this is a story game where you play as shops and uh, and you all sit around a table and it's got some sort of mechanic that involves lighting candles and then flicking wax at the other players. It sounds like a story game. Hmm. It I, should have played that board game. It should be that. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, what it is is the thing you said you weren't going to guess. <laughs> uh, it's a system neutral book of fantasy shops basically remarkable yeah. shops and their wares yes. colon a supplement for quietus for librarian <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you play you play a bunch of pe- bunch of yeah adventurers who have to shoplift and yes. you know everybody's like a heavily armed ex-adventurer and you know you have to go into these stores you're like I need some magic potions but I can't afford it let me shoplift from a Minotaur storekeeper. Sadly. Yeah. And the Minotaur storekeeper's completely okay with yeah. Sadly, it's not. <laughs> that would be a game. Well, I suppose you could use it as locations for shoplifting, if you want. <laughs> 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 well, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Well, yeah, what is it going to get you reward matrix. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's got some interesting looking locations. It's got um, underwater libraries. So there we go. We've got your libraries in there. Black markets and magic item artifices and stuff like that. It does look kind of fun. Mm-hmm. How yeah. does, how do underwater libraries work? I mean, the pages would get all soggy. For the that. librarians, you would, oh, would just drown it on me. parchment. So oh, it, it right, would run. right. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or maybe, yeah. Or, maybe, okay. or maybe they have bubbles. Oxygen bubbles. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, your yeah, hands yeah, will get wet work. when you come through, unless they're magically mm. drying. Well, how else do uh, people read? They must have some way of reading. They read the same way as everyone else, you racist. (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) This is my disapproving look. I I figured I figured murder people might use some sort of form of braille. Yeah, that like, could work actually. Like like sheets of cultured coral with like little holes in it. Coral and that's braille. Their system. Coral braille. Yeah, coral yeah. braille. Yeah. Coral yeah. braille. Yeah, they could do that, or they could like they carve some runes. Like yeah, yeah, that, interrupt. That yeah, uh huh. Hmm. Got plenty of slate and stuff on the ocean floor. Anyway, okay, right. So come on, have we got okay. another one, Russ? The next one is. Yeah. Let's have a look. Yeah, this yeah. one's for you, then. Uh, Ooh, God. they're all very easy, actually. And one of them we did last week. Um, I'm trying to find one that's not so easy that you can just get it straight from the name, but I don't think I've got a choice. Uh, what is Ultimate Kingdoms? Um, you, you know this game is like a lot less easy on this side of the uh, on this side of the table for us, right? <laughs> Ultimate Kingdoms is 
I'm going to play it safe now. Play it safe. Play it safe. Uh, it's going to be supplement for fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons, which is all about creating. <laughs> which is all about just creating, go with the odds. Um, play, 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 playing it super safe. Which is all about creating um, kingdoms and how to do proper world building um, and building stuff up for yeah D and D. That you? is exactly what it is. One hundred percent. It's a good name for a Kickstarter, then. Yes, you have scored one hundred percent out of one hundred percent. Woo! Doing well. It um, is tell us a bit more about it. D and D five E is also for Pathfinder. Uh, I, no. you're the Build and rule your kingdom, armies, conquest, factions, intrigue in a beautiful hardcover. Nice. nice. It's uh, four hundred okay. pages, and it's from wow. Legendary Games. So okay. It's a big, uh, big, big, big hardcover. And when does this Kickstarter end? This Kickstarter ends on Thursday, July the 4th. Okay, uh-huh. this one is the Story Master's Tales Weirding Woods. Story Master's Tales Weirding Woods. Ooh, tricky. Okay, um, I, I, you know, the obvious thing is that it's for some sort of system called Story Master, or some system with a Story Master, and it's about the Weirding Woods, but I'm, I'm not going to go for that. I'm going to say that this is a... Dune spin-off. It's a Dune spin-off where they're using mm. the Weirding Way, but it's not mm. on Arrakis. They're on some yep. sort of heavily forested planet, mm. and it's about a faction called Storymasters, and mm-hmm. they tell their stories, and they it, it's based off the Lynch movie, so it goes through the... So they, they tell a story course, once upon yeah. a time, etc., etc. It goes through their Weirding module, they blow people up, and uh, they're fighting against um, I, they're fighting against giant sentient colons. <laughs> so it's yeah. the story master colon Weirding Woods. Yeah. So that's again, it should be that. <laughs> 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 but in fact, it's the first thing. <laughs> well, what it is, it's a it's an original system tabletop RPG uh-huh. based on the grim fairy tales. Okay. Okay. Eighteenth century dark fairy tales. Yes. Okay, I I would actually play that. That sounds that sounds like a really fun game. Actually, it does look fun. Ooh, it's uh, yeah. it's kind of it says it's a hybrid of fantasy role playing, also board and adventure game book, and it can be played okay. solo or with a group. Okay, so that sounds interesting. Yeah. How is it like a board game? Now that I am not so sure. Um, Pro- probably lots of different components as part of it. Yeah, um, I mean, it, says, or it might just be a way to tap into that board game money. Which I think is uh, something that I think Fantasy Flight did with what was it second edition of Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, where I basically mm-hmm. said, "Look, it's a board game. Basically, come play it. What can go wrong?" Well, Fantasy Flight games always does sort of very, very intricate, well-produced, made over. Uh-huh. I, I would say overproduced games for too you know too many bits for my taste, all the cards and tokens and stuff. Well, yeah, we we think uh, in the cognoscenti that it's. Uh, Largely due to the fact that they must own stock in a cardboard manufacturer. <laughs> mm. well, 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 looking at this, you asked what makes it a board game. I'm looking at some people play it in some pictures here. There doesn't appear to be a board, but there's lots of cards oh. spread out on the table. Okay. Yeah. So maybe more card game than board game, maybe, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Uh, just, you know I'm just, uh, just going off some pictures here. Yes. And they've got candles on the table, which is always awesome. Uh huh. Yes. Some sort of candle-based mechanic. <laughs> yes, must, be. A lot of candles. must be. Must be. There must be some kind of time <laughs> timer or something with the candles. Uh huh. Oh, okay. So it's like a uh, ten candles or something like that. Yeah. 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 So it's different. 
you get 50 story cards, 28 reward cards. Mm-hmm. Um, Was that reward or reward? As in re- a very small ward. Reward. We, we, we ward? We ward. Little ward. Tiny ward. ward. Reward. Reward. Yes. Tiny ward. We ward. Tiny ward. Aye, Scottish. Mini a ward. ward card. <laughs> Mini ward. Yeah. Tiny ward. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, it looks fun. I might, I might back that one. It's only got six days to go. And it's on £34,000. So uh, by the time this goes out, there'll only be like three or four days left. Yes. Well, yeah. Get, get in. Uh, what's it called again? It's uh, Storymaster the Weirding Wood? Weirding Woods. Storymaster Weirding Woods. Weirding Woods. Okay. So I think that is the end of our favourite game in all the world. And I'm trying to remember who won. I think, Peter, you won this week for the first time possibly ever by getting one right. I didn't manage, <laughs> I didn't manage to get any right, uh, strangely, because I, I, I second-guess myself every time. But that's more fun. That's more I, fun. Uh, exactly. It, it, it does make it a more exciting game. And there, there have it's been a, quite a, a lot of times when Peter's got it right and then talked himself out of that. Well, what can I say? Um, it, it's definitely it's definitely a fun game, uh, and the worst case scenario is that you find that your idea was more interesting than the Kickstarter. The best. Case, I really, I really like the library game. That would be mm. the quietest library game. Yes, with yeah. librarian assassins. Yeah, I like the, I like the, I like the underwater library game. That sounds like the best game. That's <laughs> the game I want to play. Yeah, going to Kickstarter's near you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Bob, that's you finished. Helen, you've moved and attacked. Grace, your spell was cast successfully. Now it's Bert's turn. Right, I'm going to start by moving. Uh, How far can I move? What's your speed score? Uh, uh, mm, uh, mm, yeah, seven. Then you can move seven squares, just like last turn. Okay, uh, can I reach that doorway? How many squares away is it? Oh, yeah. Six. Is seven a larger number than six? Um... Yes. Then yes, you can reach the doorway. Okay, I move over here to the door. No, wait, wait. Can I reach that tree instead? I don't know, Bert. Can you? Well, how far can I move? What's your speed score? Um, um, uh, hmm. Just at the top there. Uh, 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 seven. Then you can still move seven squares. Ah, okay. Uh, so, so, so I can reach the tree. How far away is the tree, Bert? Uh, uh, eight squares. Is seven a larger or smaller number than eight? Uh, it's smaller. Then no, you cannot reach the tree. Oh, okay. Uh, right. Uh, I. We'll cast Summon Badger 7. Really? Again? Yep. Okay, Uh, now I have 12 badgers. Yes. Yes, you do. Okay, okay. First badger. Uh, Can it reach that goblin? What what is its speed score, Bert? Um. Um. Uh. Uh. Ah, uh, uh, five. 
then it can move five squares, Bert. Is that enough to reach the goblin? How far away is the goblin, Bert? Uh, four squares. Is five a larger number than four? Yes. And yes, it can reach the goblin. Great. Okay. 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 Badger number one, I'll call him Kevin, uh, reaches the goblin. Now, badger number two, how far can it move? What's its speed score, Bert? Um, um, uh, ah, five. You don't say. Okay. So it can move five squares. Can it reach that rock over there? How far away is that rock, Bert? Seven squares. Is seven a larger number than five? Uh, yes. Then no, it cannot reach the rock. Okay, okay. Uh, can it reach that well? Right, badger number 12. Elsie, she's called. Uh, can she reach that stream? What's her speed score, Bert? Um, uh, it's, um, uh, where's that again? Uh, Top of the stream. Uh, ah, five. And how far away is the stream? Uh, one, two, three, four squares. So? So, can she reach the stream? Yes. Yes, Bert, she can reach the stream. Okay, is that all your badges done? Badges Kevin, Charles, Beavis, Khaleesi, Evangeline, Batman, Batman Jr., Tom, Dick, Harry, Desdemona, and Elsie. Yeah, they've all moved. Now, they each get an attack. And then I'm dual wielding, so I get two attacks plus a bonus action, and each badger adjacent to another badger gets another attack. Now, how do I do an attack? Uh, wait, where is everybody? Well, Bert, they all left about 90 minutes ago. I think they've completed another entire campaign during your turn. Rude. Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We just wanted to mention our Patreon. Peter, are you familiar with our Patreon? Oh, is it uh, patreon.com slash Morris? Yes. M-O-R-R-U-S. At patreon.com forward slash Morris, you can find our Patreon, which is what pays for our podcast and buys yes. us all these wonderful microphones and yes. mixers and other little bits and pieces. And wires, so many wires. And all these wires. Uh, we have a load of wonderful Patreon backers at the moment. And yes. those backers get... We cherish you all. Yes, we do cherish them very much. And those yes. backers get bonus content every single week, just as a thank you for, uh, for backing our Patreon. And because they're so awesome and so quick off the mark, they also get to like talk to us in our Discord channel, which is pretty good. Mm. And sometimes even deign to answer that. Uh, but even more importantly, when we have guests coming onto the show, they have the opportunity to ask questions of those guests. Mm. Um, and then we will pass on the questions that we think we, our guests will answer. So please, if you do enjoy the podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Morris. Link will be in the show notes. Yes. And support us, even with just a dollar a month. Every little, every little bit helps.
should we start talking about Ashley now? Okay, yes. Leah, let's oh. talk about it. It's one of my favourite subjects. <laughs> Marvel <Marvel's. laughs> All right, let's talk about Ashley and 13th Age and... And things of that, yes. things of that nature. And all the oh. stuff I'm doing and have done, and yeah. Um, and I yet to oh, do... I mentioned, I mentioned uh, Deep Magic. Mm. Uh, so I'm uh, producing something similar to that. Every, every month through my Patreon, one of the things I do is I put out uh, a dozen new spells. Mm. And each month oh. it's based off a different letter of the alphabet and a different theme. So mm. month... Uh, so the first month was A, which was A is for acid. Uh, so it was like 12 acid spells, and at least two of them are utility spells, which is sometimes sometimes hard coming up with, okay, this is a utility spell, and it's got to begin with the letter Y, mm. and also it's got to have to do with plants. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's that really 12 sounds more like your problem. <laughs> so just just so, the, just so the listeners know, where where can they find your Patreon? Okay, so I'm on Patreon. On Patreon, I'm Ash Law because uh, I'm the front cover of all my books. I'm professionally Ash Law, mm-hmm. uh-huh. uh, which is in usually in all caps, which is uh, a great shibboleth. Because I know that if a uh, if a publisher doesn't put my name in all caps as Ash Law, then it's it's like the brown M and M's. Mm-hmm. You know, brown M&M's and a brandy, brandy glass thing. It's, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm like, yeah, I should I should go over the final draft of this and make sure that they haven't capitalised things weirdly or, yeah. or like, or, changed or, terms. Like or, the Aerosmith yeah. contract rider. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly, exactly. That's yeah. that's exactly it. Mm, no, that's a good, good shout. Um, yeah. Yes, we should probably explain for those people who don't know what 13th Age is, despite it being dear to my heart, uh, there may, we may have listeners who... I like 13th age what 13th is this age, what is that okay so um one of the big i i, I think the lead designer on third edition was mm. jonathan tweet mm-hmm. and yep. the lead designer for fourth edition was rob heinzu mm-hmm. and uh rob heinzu is very uh rules focused yeah, that's third edition and fourth edition D D. by the way just to clarify uh-huh. yes yeah. sorry yeah. sorry yeah um and jonathan tweet is very kind of story gamey and he did a lot of uh very proto story game things before the story game movement really took off uh things like uh things like over the edge and everway and and uh other really interesting games and so when do you mean over the wall not over the edge no over the edge over the edge edge. okay i'm thinking different game then sorry my bad um so you uh so they they they're real life friends they game together uh they they both live up in seattle well swiss is the coast so they both live Seattle area, um, as do I. Oh. But I live a little bit further down. I live in Olympia, so I'm an Olympian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so they got together, and they've, they've both been playing D&D-ish at their home table with lots of mm. rules uh, that were not in either edition of D&D, and lots mm. of things that they dropped from D&D. Uh, and this is kind of the synthesis of their two D styles so mm-hmm. it's uh it's the best bit uh of third edition and the best bits of fourth edition and um is also the best bits of fifth edition because a lot of stuff that appears in fifth edition mm-hmm. uh appeared beforehand in 13th oh. age uh, mm-hmm. things like advantage disadvantage uh is actually a mechanic for um the barbarians in 13th age uh, there's true. a lot of yeah. stuff which is is like so when, when you were describing the, the fifth edition essentials i was like 
oh yeah this is all familiar to me mm, so yeah. if, you're, if you're playing 13th age you're probably getting the things which are going to be appearing in Dungeons and Dragons in like three four years time mm. um <laughs> so uh I'm, I'm i'm still waiting for the montage mechanic to appear in fifth edition i don't know maybe it already has but um it, it certainly made an appearance in my fifth edition games <laughs> uh -huh, it's such a so for those at home who are not aware uh montages are a great way to uh skip past bits which might drag like or a travel to scene or training travel scene, yeah Mm -hmm. um so you would you would start at, at one person and you would go hey hey uh tell me tell me a problem the party encounters whilst traveling through the trackless desert and somebody would go well a sandworm attacks us and rather than running that as a combat the next person says uh oh well my character is uh, a druid and i tame the sandworm and everybody gets to like and it's a real quick thing but narratively covers a lot of ground so then mm. you can get to the actual adventure mm. it's also great to start a session with so everybody can kind of warm up reintroduce mm. everybody to their characters what their characters are good at okay. um, it it also for me as a gm gives me great uh ammunition because mm. if somebody keeps talking about sandworms mm. then i know that that's something that the party's interested in that they enjoyed having in the montage people kept going back to oh it's more sandworms so i know that mm. maybe i should throw some sandworms into today's mm. session if not as like a major thing at least mention it kind of because mm. uh, 13th age does hand a lot of creative uh levers so yes. i'm on a british pro podcast so i have to switch between levers levers and levers levers, <laughs> levers and levers i, I prefer to levers just go with levers Things just <laughs> <makes> it, <easier. laughs> it, it hands over a lot of the creative dials and creative buttons yeah. or, or dials as we like to call them <laughs> Oh, that's just okay, so, <laughs> so uh so yeah i'm doing a, a book of classes through pelgrane and that's in the very early stages but still discussing it stages uh, uh but rob is really keen to do that um yep. we're doing a i'm doing uh every, every month through my patreon i put out something called unexplored arcana mm. which is new rules for 13th age new rule systems for 13th age sometimes it's like here's here's like ways to handle the races from the core book but mm. in a completely different way um mm. and i've done that a couple of times uh the uh thing this month is an entirely new magic system mm. um something called urge where you get to mm. mess with the dice themselves you get to alter fate and any class can get the power of urge but the more you use it, the more you have the urge to use it. It's like an addictive thing. It's um, rules for uh, some of the girls I put out through Unexplored Arcana. Rules for living magic items. Ooh. So they're, they're, you know, they're magic items, but yeah. they bond to you. They become part of you. Uh, I think next month I'm going to do uh, going to do a load of fey items, which come mm. with come with very downsides Ooh, um, some geshes oh yeah, that's a good guess yeah. or oh, that's a, that's a gias to you for us a gias why would it, or, why would uh, it be a gias to me honestly if that's gash i told you that i've been pronouncing no, I, it i use that because <laughs> there's weird, super important weird mirror universe thing that's going on i told you that you did not it's tell me that like, i'm gonna go back and listen to the pronunciation podcast and yeah. I will, you I'll will hear me that telling I used you to that. think it was pronounced that way. It is pronounced that way. I learned that it was differently. 
It, it, Are you pronouncing so. stuff geese instead? Mm-hmm. Not, oh, not yeah. yes, geese. I've been pronouncing oh, oh. it geese. Yeah, no, it's gesh. Gesh. Yeah. I mean, people so, will know what you mean. They won't know what we mean. So, you know, <laughs> who's like, to say that like, you're wrong? Goose. What's, what's this goose it's doing with, uh, with the fairies? Well, it's not really a word um, that comes up in everyday life, uh, is it? You know, you'd eat it, you know, down the supermarket or. <laughs> Yeah, is it, is it well, like the guest that laid well, the neck? If, if you're if you're a gamer, then it does come up a lot because gamers yes. know a lot of a uh, lot of strange terms. Yeah. I mean, phylactery or phylactery or whatever. And um, so I was a I was at a US convention and I heard somebody say, "Oh, the portacles drops down in front of you." I know. I, 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 I had a friend who used to call it a, a, uh-huh. a port. Yeah, a portoculus. Portoculus. <laughs> Portoculus, I love it. Oh, please stop butchering uh, Portoculus. It does not deserve this paint. Portoculus. Why? Yeah. yeah um, so I put out uh, this thing called Grim Grimoire, Unexplored Arcana. Uh, I put out everything every month. A thing called A Touch of Class, which I might have to now rename. That's, that's uh, an, ex- an excellent name for anything to do with classes. Yes, uh, uh-huh. it is. So it's many. Brilliant products are called. Although, also, I found that if you Google a touch of class, you actually end up with a high end Australian escort site. Which is perfect to some people. Well, yes, but it doesn't really help me sell the product, does it? Um, So, a touch of class, but what I put out is a new talent for each 13th age class Mm. each month. Um, And. Yeah. Uh, so this well, month, or, or, and actually, talents are very important because talents each, are each how you class. build your character. Uh huh. Yeah. In thirteenth age, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's three, uh, three talents per class, as I recall. So, uh-huh. yeah. uh Well, most classes, some classes mm-hmm. get more, some classes get less. Uh so it's. I mean, uh, I think the barbarian ends up with five talents by the mm-hmm. end of its career. Yeah. Whereas oh, the wizard oh, starts with three talents and always has three talents. I suppose druid has two. Uh does druid have two? They've got Does the major have, and minor, do, isn't it? Uh, no, no, they, they, they have three, so you could have three they minor got, things, or a major thing and a minor thing, which is <laughs> actually clever design. I, I really like that, the way that you can yeah. kind of spread your druid around, or like really, really focus your druid. Uh, so, I've really yeah, never I, thought uh, I'd hear someone use the phrase, spread your druid around. Your druid around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 our new product. I can't believe it's not druid. <laughs> it spreads like margarine, but it's one hundred percent druid. <laughs> Never before have it been so easy to spread your druid around. Well, uh, I guess it's probably vegetarian as well. You hope. I would imagine druids are vegetarians. We, I kind we, of we should point out eating, or... e- eating vegetarians, right? <laughs> eating <laughs> vegetarians is not being a vegetarian. Throwing that out there. <laughs> Eating vegetarians, though, would save safe plants. So maybe maybe druids would just become pure carnivores and just eat things just, which are They just turn into pure cannibals, and, I think, wouldn't they? Uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my current character in uh, in a game that I'm playing is uh, a cannibal a cannibal fairy illusionist, mm-hmm. uh, which is... Uh, I, I love 13th Age because cannibal fairy illusionist. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Fairy is a race released by my Patreon, and Illusionist is a class released by my Patreon. For those listening at home who really fancy playing Fairy Illusionist, yes. uh, but Cannibal's just what you're yes. bringing to the table. Cannibal is what I'm. It's it's one of the background. I'm pretty sure we do have a Fairy Illusionist demographic. Some, yeah, some, yeah. somewhere there's some Venn diagram, and uh, definitely Fairy Cannibal Illusionists are definitely somewhere in our listener base. I'm you sure. would you would be surprised at the demographics for games who are just like crying out for. I mean, 
pony if finder. You want to throw half you... dragon, half fairy in there, then uh-huh. that's just exponential increase. Hey, we got we have a, a Patreon question for Ashley, okay, which I yes, thought was exciting. Yes, yes. We got a question wait, wait, from wait. one of our patrons. Uh, we, yes, uh-huh. we allow our, our Patreons, Patreons, Patrons, who are on Patreon, uh, to uh, yes. ask our guests questions. And we've got one from Ian Donaldson. Yes. Okay. Hello, thanks Ian. For, Hello. Th- th- thanks, Ian. And Ian would like to know, I have never played a 13th age setting, so I would be interested to know what attracted you to it and what keeps you creating content. Okay. That's a really good question. Uh, so, Ian, what attracted me to it? Well... Uh, on one hand, it's rules. On the other hand, it's the setting. So I'm going to address setting first. So the 13th Age uh, setting has is broad strokes. It's a broad stroke setting, which allows you as the GM and the players to define the game as you want. So uh, we know that there's an empire. We know that it's dr- run by a dragon emperor. We, we know certain things about the Dragon Emperor, but we don't know, you know, is the Dragon Emperor a good person, a bad person? Uh, what's the Dragon em- Emperor's, like, actual name? Uh, what is what is the Dragon Emperor actually like? What is the capital city actually like? We've, and and there's, there's some details from various things. I mean, there's, there's a place called Shadowport. We know that Shadowport mm. is the home ground of the Prince of Shadows. We know that, by extension, this is probably, like, a place of pirates and smugglers and and thieves and rogues, but beyond that, it's up to the players. It's up to the up to the GM to uh, to take these very broad strokes things, which give you hooks into the setting, and to cooperatively define them to have the game experience that that you want. If you want to say uh, Shadowport actually is. Uh, there's never any daylight there, which is why it's called Shadowport, and hence there's a load of vampires who live there. You can totally do that uh, if you're a player who's interested or a GM who's interested in um, in that. Uh, and one of the one of the mechanics in Thirteenth Age is uh, backgrounds, mm-hmm. where you uh, as opposed to having like a list of skills and proficiencies and all that jazz. Uh huh. You, because you're uh, not you, a scrub adventurer, I think that's a really important thing to get across. Yeah. It, in Thirteenth Age, you don't start off as like a mook. You start off as mm-hmm. someone who, yeah, they've been around, they've done some things, they've had an interesting life. They've before got a past. They've, hit. they've got a reason, but yeah. they're an adventurer. They've got things that they've done. So mm-hmm. uh, instead of having a, a set list of skills, you can say, "I am the only person to have escaped uh, the dungeon of the vampire nobles of Shadowport." Nice. And so instantly that tells everybody else, well, Shadowport has vampire nobles because they've been defined in your background. Yeah. Uh, and then you also know, well, escaping from their dungeon is really hard. Oh. It's a hard thing. You're the only oh, person yeah. who's done it. Um, and so this uh, this gives the GM something to work with uh, mm-hmm. to go, okay, so in your background you escape from the vampire nobles. Um, so they're probably looking for you now. They've probably, probably got things. As a player, this allows me to then apply that background to skill checks. If I want to go, uh, if I want to escape from somewhere, I go, well, see, I've got, I've got plus three in escaping from this place, the, the, the vampire dungeon of Shadowport. I escaped there, so I'm going to add plus three to the roll. Uh, if you need, if I need to navigate at night, I would go, no. well, I escaped from this thing. It was nighttime. Uh, you then bring your backstory into the game and found my way through the dread labyrinth with my uh-huh. eyes shut because if you look it would completely distract you yeah 
and then you can yeah. like have like almost like a little mini storytelling background thing that emerges naturally. Exactly. Exactly. I think that was. I think that was one of the things I like best about Thirteenth Age was that. Oh. I think it's very, yeah. very, very clever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, to take to take an example from from Star Wars. I mean, Luke has like a plus four background in Bullseye and One Press. Mm. <laughs> it is it is T eighty or whatever it was, so, and he he was like, uh, then I'm going to apply that to my role to try and destroy the Death Star, uh, because he that's something in his background. I come from a desert planet. There were comp rats, whatever the heck they are. I used to Bullseye them, and they just happened to be the same size as an exhaust mm. ball. Who could have said? Uh, yeah, I, I, and he was like, and the, you know, the player was sitting around the table saying, "Ha, I told you guys that would be relevant." Told you, <laughs> told you. Yeah. Uh, you the other, it, uh, yeah, see, it's coming uh, because the GM uh, has created the scenario. <laughs> so it's, uh, you, uh, so exactly, it, it gives you as the GM like something to uh, build towards. So mm. it's not that you know somebody puts a load of points into sneaking, and then like the next ten sessions are not going to be sneaky at all. Uh-huh. You can you can then build sessions around the backgrounds yeah. of the players and make the backgrounds of the players uh, inform what's going to happen. So if you have, if Han Solo has like a plus three background in I, I owe money to Jabba the Hutt for a smuggling job, uh-huh. then that allows you as the GM to go, oh, I need to have an NPC called Jabba the Hutt. Mm-hmm. I need to have him show up and I need to have this be a problem for this player and this owing of money. And bounty hunters, and it allows you to, as the GM, make the story fit the characters rather than trying to shoehorn characters into. And the story. it also gives the players a certain uh, element of narrative control over the setting as well. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And one, one another way that characters can, that players can narratively control the setting is the one unique thing. Yeah. Every player has, every character has one unique thing. So you can say something like, "I am the only good dark elf." Mm. Oh. And Which that tells you tells a lot you. of stuff about your world. Okay. Uh-huh. That sounds like an original concept. I like that. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, how many swords do you wield? <laughs> oh, well, well, I, I was, I was speaking of two swords. Uh huh. I figured I might have some sort of panther companion. I'm thinking ranger. Yeah, yeah ranger's uh, always a yeah. good choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it allows you to then inform the setting by saying, "I am the only, or I'm the only one that I know of." Um, so um in the game that I run right now, there's uh there's somebody who's an amnesiac demigod or who was ascending oh. to demigodhood and then had her mind taken away by the gods who were afraid that she was going to ascend to demigodhood uh, or godhood and then Hasn't that happened take over one of their portfolios. Ascending um, to godhood, and, then you just forget about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that that tells me as a as a GM that this is uh, that ascending to godhood is something in the setting that is possible. Mm-hmm. Next campaign that we run, that might not be a thing which is possible, mm-hmm. or might be a thing that's possible but people don't know about it. But because a player has said, "I was ascending to godhood," and then I had became an amnesiac because of this thing, mm-hmm. that is that is uh, that's a powerful tool for the GM that's a powerful tool for the players and uh, a lot of these ideas from 13th page uh, there's a little sidebar in 13th page which uh, in the core book which says totally steal these ideas for your games so if you if you're a fifth edition GM totally steal these ideas for your games absolutely uh, or or start playing 13th page yeah uh, there's a ton of really cool uh, little mechanical things baked into the setting uh, ba- sorry baked into the rule system. Uh, things like the escalation die. Yes, that's mm. a, that's uh, a so, I love the escalation yeah. die. And the escalation die for those who've never played Thirteenth Page. Uh, 
fights start tough. Fights Uh-oh. start tough. Uh, monsters are pitched a little bit higher than you can actually deal with. And you have this thing called an escalation die, and it's, it's a d6, and it starts at zero. And it's yeah. whatever is the biggest and most important-looking d6 that you have in, mm. your, in your armory of dice. And then yeah. at the end of the first round of combat, mm-hmm. you put the d6 on the table, and it's showing one. And you then I, have... I always find it important has, to shout escalation at this point as a GM. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that people know that the escalation die is going up. Um, and the uh, and from then on, you have plus one to your attacks. Yes. And certain classes might have plus one to certain other things, uh, yeah. depending upon which of the classes. Uh, but you might have plus one to your attacks. So now you're kind of on an even footing with the mm-hmm. monsters. Maybe, maybe not yet. Next round, it goes up to plus two, plus three, plus four. So it gives this really nice narrative flow to the combat. Yeah. Combats then don't last forever in a day. Um, or take no time at all. Or take no time. And at also, all. kind Wait, of stop this thing. Also, does it kind yeah. of stop people novering at the beginning of a combat because they're holding off some of their, their exactly. sort of one-shot stuff yeah. for later? Yeah. Uh huh. Some like, of their big things. They're like, maybe I'll save this yeah. for when the escalation dies. So you get, so you get a climactic four. end rather than like that that trickle that happened in fourth edition where you'd have a big novering start and then it would just trickle down to chip away at hit points. Oh yeah. yeah Precisely. The, yeah. Yeah. In the games we played, it tended to be. Uh, we'd be fighting for four rounds till we hit round three. Mm. Then the cleric would drop judgment and do hot, hot piles of damage. And then the next rounds would be like, ah, escalation dies three, circle of death. Mm. And then the fight would be over because everyone was dead. <laughs> yeah, it's it does give this really nice narrative flow yeah. to combats where combat is not over instantly where combat doesn't take forever in a day yeah and it gives a nice kind of it, it, it's a great feeling as a player to Ooh. suddenly you know oh i i'm not able to hit this thing it's too tough it's too tough and then you're like oh my character's worked out its weaknesses mm. i've been fighting this for a little bit i'm now aware that it's got a weak underbelly i should start stabbing there the escalation yep. dies at plus three i'm gonna say well it, it's a plus three i'm now shooting my arrows in its underbelly it's it's a fantastic thing that you can totally import to other games just by giving each monster plus one or plus two ac mm-hmm. and then introducing the escalation time mm-hmm. and that that will work for any game which has uh to hit rolls and oh yeah it's a it's a really really combat. transportable yeah. mechanic that isn't it yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, and and the thing I I also like about it is we mentioned there's no rolling of the dice unless it's significant. Even if you exactly. miss, you do the miss damage. I really love that. Uh huh. Because Ooh, damage on a miss like, is controversial. There was this period on EN World where there were so yeah. many people arguing about it, so many threads oh, yeah. that I actually had to create a separate damage on a miss forum. Just to shove, <laughs> just to shove all those threads in there, just so I didn't have to look at the bloody things, and there were dozens of them. Just people arguing about damage on a miss, damage on a miss. And this, this was, I think, during the early days of uh, the D and D next play test, where there's some damage on a miss mechanics in there, and there were some people who loved them, and there were some people that hate them because it was a carryover from fourth edition. And mm-hmm. oh my god, it drove me nuts that <laughs> argument. I had just. <laughs> I'm so uh, glad. Uh, <laughs> and, and damage on a miss in 13th page doesn't always apply because rangers can do damage on a miss with range stuff. Uh, they can, you know, because, yeah, I, I missed you, but, like, I still winged you, mm, yep. whereas a fighter can't do ma- damage on a miss with, with a ranged attack. But a fighter who uh, who comes and he, he tries to, you know, 
hit you with his sword well yeah he's missed with his sword but he's going to follow through with his elbow mm. and then he's going to follow up with his knee so okay. yeah you're not doing i hit you with a sword damage but you're still doing i'm a fighter who's right up in your face mm. and i'm going to bring my elbow into play down yeah. uh and wizards wizards are traditionally um it was either hit or or missed completely so that that encouraged you to hold off on using your bigger spells until you're sure to hit so yeah uh-huh like, and uh, some some wizard spells in in Thirteenth Age do have miss damage because even if you miss somebody with a fireball, you're still putting a Bit giant ball of fire there. Yeah, there's there's uh. some collateral. Sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't. With it depends upon the thing, but yeah, damage on a miss means that a roll is never wasted. I suppose if you think yeah. about it, damage on a miss does actually have a legacy in D and D anyway, though, because all those spells where you took damage or saved for half. Hmm. That's uh-huh. pretty much damage on a miss reversed, isn't it? You're making a save rather yeah, than a damage, but it is basically damage on a miss. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, that is precisely what it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the thing is, you don't have saving throws, of course, in 13th age. Yeah, yeah, I know. Because yeah. you have those uh-huh. three defences. Yeah. What's it? AC, physical defence, and mental defence. Uh-huh. Uh, I, exactly. I quite like that sophistication, I'll be honest. And, I mean, there, there are still saving throws in 13th age, but they're not, mm. you know, I attack you and then you have to roll a saving throw to avoid the attack mm. or, or whatever. It's, you know... Um, I, I need to disengage from you. Well, that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's a saving throw uh, to see whether I can disengage from you without you stabbing me up as I disengage. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or, you know, I can make the choice now that I failed my disengage check saving throw to not disengage mm-hmm. because I, I see that you're going to, you're ready for that. Um, so, no, it's uh, a really nice system. It's got enough crunch uh, to, uh, to please people who like really crunchy systems. It's got enough story game elements to please people who really like story games it's it can be incredibly improv heavy Mm. Um, it can be very improv heavy um if you're the kind of yeah yeah uh, with with the icon dice do you roll them at the start of every session because i found Uh, that really hard to get every everything in icon dice oh oh okay so um icon dice let's talk about icon dice introduce things without explaining them peter I think you'll find that <laughs> So, um, so in most settings with faction, mm-hmm. you would go, well, I'm a member of the Harpers. Mm-hmm. I'm a, or I work for Elminster. Yeah. Well, I actually worship, uh, I actually worship the, you know, spider queen of yeah. the demon web. Uh, you know, um, this kind of reifies that. Um, so you can go, well, uh, I'm a servant of the Emperor, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I have a plus three relationship with the Emperor. So I have these three yeah. D6, and I can roll them, and any of them come up six, I can use these sixes for something very cool. Oh. And if it comes up five, I can use it for something, but there'll be like some sort of downside or some sort oh. of cost to that. Unlike anything that's one to four, I just ignore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I could I could have an icon die six, and I could I could, you know that's come up six and i could go up to the city gates uh and they're like oh no we're not letting anybody in after dark and i'll be oh. like i've got this six with the emperor mm. <laughs> uh can i actually trade this in for uh for a special get into city after dark letter oh, that i've just been carrying around this whole time <laughs> and the gm's like yeah sure that seems reasonable given given what we know about the setting and given what you've done previously yeah yeah sure you've got a you've got a special rip from the emperor which allows you past mm. gate guard. so this is, this is a per uh, session thing or a... uh this is this is a per cool. session thing so like it might be like okay it it's got a time limit on it this letter you got from the emperor or like it's a one-use thing mm. you have to hand it to the gate guard um uh, or you could you can also have negative relationships so you've got like 
I've got a negative two with the Lich King. Well, I've rolled a hmm. I've rolled a five and a six. So uh, can I can I like use trade these in because I failed my skill check, but I still want to trade these in for knowing about vampires mm-hmm. because I hate the Lich King. So I hmm. I would I would be aware of of his minions. I want to know about vampires. Um, so yeah, it allows you to. Uh, call upon your relationships with powerful figures within the setting without making those figures without making it all about these figures without, oh, by making it about the player characters uh oh failing forwards yes. we should talk about failing forwards which is a really cool mechanic that is a so in, first classic uh-huh it's um you uh so instead of being oh i i try to climb this wall well, roll a climb check oh i fail okay well you haven't climbed the wall i guess Guess you have to take a different route through the adventure then. Oh, like, oh, you've come to a... Uh, you needed to research this thing, but you failed to research it, so I guess the adventure's over because you don't yeah. know where to go next. Uh, whereas this is... Um, Not so much you gating can off choose... content. It's like giving you success with a complication. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can go, well, I fail forwards climbing this wall. Okay, mm-hmm. you successfully climb it, but you fall off the other side and take some damage. Or, yeah, you successfully climb it, but there's a loose stone and it kicks down onto the halfling's toe. Doesn't do any damage, but makes the halfling shout out, yeah. which alerts the, which alerts the orc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It allows you to go, I still want to succeed at this thing, yeah. and I'm willing to pay uh, a cost for that, which will make our lives more complicated. Uh, and of course, a, a roll of a one is always a roll of a one. It's always going to make you fail, but you always have the option, if it's not a one, to fail forwards and to move the story forwards in a way that you want, but that might have unforeseen complications, unforeseen problems down the line or immediately. Mm. Uh, so it's it's a really neat thing, which, you know, because you are heroes, you're, mm. if you're going to climb a wall, you should be able to climb oh, a wall exactly. if you're willing to have this... If you're willing to have this, you know, be a problem. Um, so yeah, uh, the I mean, Han Solo fails forwards on convincing, convincing uh, Darth Vader not to kill him. Uh, <laughs> but instead, his fail forwards is okay. You're not killed, but you're frozen in carbonite and shipped off the jab of a heart, who appears in your background. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's a very uh, a versatile, strong storytelling system. A lot of built-in improv to minimise the prep. It's got a solid. At least two solid bestries, because you've got, what, the bestry... I think there's bestry two, the Midgard uh-huh. bestry, which... Oh, uh, did, did, so did you write that one? I <laughs> wrote... So I wrote for Midgard bestury for yep. 13th Age. I yep. wrote half of the first bestury. I wrote two-thirds of the second bestury. Yep. If you're a patron of mine, I put out... Oh, I try to put out a, a growing setting every month, which has a bestury at the back. So if you had, if you mm-hmm. had to choose just, like, one thing... One thing from 13th oh. Age which you'd say is your oh. favourite thing or is the best thing. or what, what, what would that one thing be? Oh, I know it's a hard choice. Oh, yeah, that's a real hard oh. choice. That's um, my favourite thing um, right now as a player mm-hmm. uh, are fighter flexible attacks, um, which, are, which are really nice. Um, yeah. So that's... Uh, I'm a fighter. Mm-hmm. I'm attacking you. I roll a, a d20 and i see if i hit or miss okay right. so that's my attack but i've also got all these flexible attacks but i know so if my attack roll is an 18 plus i can trigger some sort of trip thing because my attack Whoa. has put you into a position to trip you mm-hmm. uh, but i've also chosen to get this other thing which allows me to i don't know throw sand in your eyes or to uh, so it, it 
strong coins. Yeah, pocket send. Or no. um, or to I can I can like follow up with like a bull rush. So oh. it takes all those all those little feats and abilities, but you would normally be different attacks, oh. and it would just be like. I'm hitting you real hard with my sword, mm -hmm. and then I'm going to see what you've opened yourself up to, and based upon mm -hmm. what I, as a character, know how to do, what mm -hmm. I'm an expert at, I'm then going to exploit that situation. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a really, really nice system. As a GM, I really like the ability to create monsters. Mm -hmm. uh, in, the, in the core book, there's a whole chart of, okay, so it's a third level huge monster, this is the damage it should be doing. This is the hit points it should have. You're then able to take those things and then say there, say there isn't a beholder in, oh. in any of the books you have. You can then go, well, I want to create a beholder. Let me let me look at the, the two pages of advice mm. on creating monsters. Let me look at the uh, let me look at what its stat book block should roughly be. Let me go from there. And in two minutes, while the players are discussing how they're going to fight the beholder you've just put in front of them, you can quickly create mm. a beholder. Oh. And as a creator, as a creator, the thing that I really like is how uh, how grokkable the system is. Mm -hmm. How uh, if you've ever played a game that has levels and monsters mm -hmm. and dragons and dungeons, then, then you're good you, to go. Then you're good to go. You yeah. you already know. Uh, I think what you would, what, what you would call system. such a game: levels and monsters and dragons and dungeons. Level monster. Level yeah. monster. Level monster. Uh, Maybe uh, uh, and dungeon trolls. leveler. Yeah, yeah, dungeon leveler. <laughs> like it. Yeah. Dungeon leveler. Uh, um, it's all about. Yeah. Uh, for myself, I gotta say, utility spells are like a single blinding act of genius. Oh, genius. Mm. Yeah, they're yeah. genius. They're yeah. really are. Uh, which, which is essentially, you could like, there, there's a whole bunch of spells that has a wizard you'd want to have prepared, but has a player. You're like, well, am I actually going to get any use out of these? And thirteenth age says, yeah, sure. You, 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 you have these prepared in potential. You mm -hmm. just prepare a utility spell, and then when you need uh -huh. it, you have that spell prepared because you prepared that utility slot. Yeah. So did you need Disguise Self? Bam. Did you need Featherfall? Bam. But it's it's sort of Schrodinger's spell preparation. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. don't know exactly it what is. it is until you look at it. Yeah, so so it's not like you're memorizing Featherfall, uh, and then you actually need Disguise yeah. Self. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you're, you're like kicking yourself because like, oh, I should have... Oh, well, it's yeah. just like... I am a wizard. I should be able to cast these things. I've yep. memorized. I've memorized utility spell, and it mm -hmm. is Schrodinger's spell. Mm -hmm. It's uh, um, and then you say the utility spell I memorized this morning was Featherfall, and now in falling, I cast Featherfall, and that's my utility spell that I memorized for today. Mm. <laughs> I think yeah, for me I, I, I it do, would I be definitely because I nearly stole them for what's all is new. The backgrounds. I still, I still Ooh, love yeah. that uh -huh. about Thirteenth Age. So I remember the very first oh. time that I played Thirteenth Age, and it was at UK Games Expo. Mm. I want to say like four years ago, five years. Ago. It was, it was literally mm -hmm. when the game was first coming out. It might have been mm -hmm. literally just before because Pelbane were doing some demos, mm -hmm. um, and, yeah. I play, and I played one of those. And uh, the backgrounds were the things that jumped out at me at the time then, and kind of Sorry. stuck with me ever since. And I nearly, nearly stole them, but I didn't. But uh, I came, oh. I came close to using them. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. I, I, I love the, the tight-knit community around 13th Age, mm. but it is a... There are a load of people who are doing really creative stuff for 13th mm. Age, mm -hmm. and so it's like it's like the OSR used to be, mm -hmm. but without some of the things that... Went wrong with that. <laughs> went badly wrong yeah. with that. Oh. Um so you've got people creating uh, creating all sorts of crazy stuff. 
-hmm. adapting stuff to to 13 page adapting creating their own uh weird and wonderful settings uh there's there's somebody who's actually doing a kickstarter right now called king of the dungeon mm -hmm. which is a kind of torchbearer cut down version of 13 page uh which is looking really interesting mm -hmm. and uh of course 13 page is all uh is all ogl so you yes. can take you could take whatever you can you can build for it uh Pilgrim press has uh has some open license stuff so you can put a logo on the front of your on the front of your book to say mm -hmm. yeah it's totally compatible with 13 pages archmage engine um uh, so yeah i mean i've heard people who are wanting to do 13 page in space people who want to do 13 page cyberpunk but actually thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast we've really enjoyed having thank you. you for having me on yep. i can only speak for myself but you're definitely welcome back yes absolutely absolutely yes. Uh, so yes i would like so to next week we will be delving into acquisitions incorporated in great detail mm -hmm. we might even weigh the book yes. as is our custom hooray <laughs> oh and we have to we have to weigh also uh desktops and dragons as well because you've waved a 750 page book in front of me and our listeners need to know okay we will we will we yes. will do that anyway th thank you everybody for listening we'll see you next week uh, and that will be goodbye from me russ that'll be goodbye from me peter coffee from the southampton field rollers and it's goodbye from me ashley thank you very much Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash Morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, that's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. <laughs>